Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. And welcome to A Quirky Journey. Today we have with us a very good friend of mine and Fuad and I would love to introduce her. Hi, Fuad. Hi, Joe. How's it going? Good. And we have with us Jen Shaw. Hi, Jen. Hi. Jen lives in Toowoomba. Hello. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Fuad. <laughs> no, I'm just saying <laughs> um, Jen lives in Toowoomba and um, she is an amazing mum of how many? Seven. Seven. I lost count. <laughs> Seven beautiful. What was that? Eight if we include my husband. Oh, yes. Well, that's true. That's true. The other side. <laughs> I have to stand up for the men in this uh, situation. Uh, um, Jen has a really interesting story of her own health journey and also um, what she's doing to help others. So, we thought it would be a great, um, a great story to share on here with you guys, and I think you'll get a lot out of it, especially for those of you who have large families or for those who are just like trying to eat healthy on a budget, which is probably most of us. Um, and Jen has – do you want to just explain um, where people can learn more about you first off, just like your website and stuff, because um, some, of you, some of them may not have heard of you and also about your cookbooks? And then we'll get into your story. Yeah. Cool. So um, you can find me on Facebook now by just typing in Jen Shaw, uh, foodie author, mentor, and change maker. Um, but the whips, yeah, I've changed. Um, it used to be Barefoot Kitchen. Yes. Um, but I'm changing this year a little bit. But my website is still barefootkitchens.com.au, B-A-R-E. Um, and we also have a little chat group called Living on Little. So it's really designed to, you know, for different people in different um, in different health journeys. But it's all about the budget. 
yeah. um, how we eat better on a budget, regardless of what food philosophy you might be following. Um, and yeah, and my cookbooks are Living on Little is my most recent one, and it is focused on uh, main meals for families, the stuff that we eat all the time, but stuff that I've always eaten. Um, and I've tidied up recipes, old recipes, my grandma's, my mum's, my auntie, and just made them a bit healthier. And I also have a lunchbox book, which is pretty handy for this time of year when everyone's yes. going back to school. Um, and again, it's sort of focused on what we do. There's nothing too fancy in there. And, um, and using philosophies like being organized and stuff like that, you can really make the most of the recipes in there. So, yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, we'd love to hear your story. So, do you want to um, kick it off with, you know, what, what things were like for you growing up and why you got interested in health and what, what changes it's made for you? Well, um, I guess to start with, I am a huge lover of food. I've always loved to eat and cook and make food. I can remember getting in trouble when I was a little girl for making cakes, chocolate cakes in my bedroom when I was about five. And oh, my goodness, we're like, like twins. I used to make food in my bedroom too. <laughs> I got in so much trouble. Um, and I've just loved to, you know, create food, but I never um, – I didn't – my – my family are all from the country, so um, stuff like meal planning and meal prepping was already ingrained into our family. But we um, and we ate pretty good, you know, growing up. We ate meat and three veg and things like that. But we did eat a lot of bread. Um, and then later on, growing up, um, when my mum was a single mum, we had to live really tight. Um, you know, there was no dad around. He wasn't paying child support. So mum was paying off the house and working full time, eating really, really tight food. Um, and I guess nobody ever had a conversation with me when I was young about um, – I was a very shy child. Mm-hmm. Um, well, everyone would say I was a shy child, but I did have a lot of anxiety. I now know that I had a lot of anxiety as a child. Mm-hmm. Um but nobody, you know, and different things. I had a lot of eczema, a lot of skin issues, dermatitis, eczema. Um, and then as I got older, a lot of acne and, um, and skin stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of respiratory issues. I always had chest infections and asthma and um, things like that. But I'd go to the doctor and, you know, nobody ever said, hey, you should try changing up your food. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's a potion to try. Here's a cream. Here's a pill. Um, as a teenager, actually, when my anxiety was getting worse um, and the hormones were going all crazy, rather than saying, hey, let's have a look at your diet, um, they said, here's a pill. Hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, the concept of food and changing up my lifestyle was never introduced to me as through my adolescence at all growing up. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. And it, I don't think anyone, you know, was being um, nasty about it or whatever. It was just that thought process had never been put through to my parents or my grandparents. It was just Mm. not there. Um, So when I was about 13, I was out of my family home for um, sort of reasons beyond my control. Family life wasn't very nice. Um, And I did find myself living in a foster home um, where things, budget got even tighter. There was a lot of kids in that house and um, my beautiful foster mother had to make things stretch out and that was with a lot of rice and a lot of bread products so all the while I was suffering with anxiety and um and loss of skin disorders in acne and my hormones were going crazy and we were sort of just feeding it with what I now know um 
food that was just amplifying what yeah. stopped me. Um, I was a, a mum quite early. I um, as a mum at sixteen. I you know I did a lot of you know life threw me into a bad place, but I also made a lot of bad choices because of that. Mm-hmm. And um, my my young my early years, my teenage years from twelve to about eighteen are quite. Um, Molded, I guess I can't really sort of describe them in <laughs> mm. really um, shady. I guess my anxiety and stress was out of this world. I was lost emotionally. Um, but yes, the birth of my daughter uh, what really started to turn things around for me, and the help of um, a lot of mentors and role models around me who said, um, you know, you can either suffer in trauma or you can turn this into something awesome. And so um, when I met my husband, um, who was an athlete at the time, he's a, he was a professional boxer, now he's a coach, mm-hmm. um, I accidentally stumbled across this concept of using food to fuel your body. Obviously, athletes do that. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally, you know, we were changing things in our diet for him to help him perform better and lose weight and gain weight. And I was eating with him, as wives do, <laughs> and uh, and I accidentally realised how good I was feeling by eating. Um, we back then we were just eating things like grilled chicken and some basic salad, mm. you know, tuna, basic veggies. But all that was starting to. Um, and the more I read too, you know, I was reading a lot. I was becoming his personal dietitian, mm-hmm. and I was reading a lot about things. And it kind of opened Pandora's box. This crazy idea that if I ate better, I would feel better. And um, and I just really, I mean, I was at university studying to work with youth and with a baby and with a ba- with a couple of babies. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, um, it just, yeah, I just become really passionate about it, and I started fiddling with my own diet, just using myself as an experiment, and um, and the most amazing thing is a lot of physical changes happened. My skin got better. My weight was good. I felt like I had more energy by taking away a lot of packaged foods and gluten was a big one and canola oil. Mm. Um, mental health um, yeah. was the hugest thing. That was That's the thing I, I make mention of the most with people. It's not because I never, ever, ever thought that was, even with all my reading and trialling, it was yeah. oh, it was crazy. Just, um, so then from there, I guess, um, like most people in the health and wellness space, I was inspired by my own journey. And I wanted to tell people. <laughs> I wanted to help. I wanted to put those pebbles out there that um, if you start making a few changes, you might might feel better physically, but also mentally as well. And I started a little blog, and it just grew and grew. And I started doing live workshops with people locally, um, and people really embraced the change. And um, so I spent the last few years writing recipes, recreating old favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously my family's been growing all the while mm-hmm. and um, and money's been getting tighter. And uh, so I've had to get really savvy with food and um, I've been helping people do it practically. You know, there's a lot of lot of information out there. There's a lot of um, everybody's a little bit confused and overwhelmed. It can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I just like to keep it really real. Um we're just an everyday family. We're not on a famous budget or anything like that. So what we can do with what we have locally. Um, so, yeah, that's that in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting story. Hey, food. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing every time we talk to somebody and they, they have like such different backgrounds and they come from such different places and then they end up finding, you know, their way through the same thing, you know, like, and, and it affects their lives in a, in a similar way and gets them all fired up to share this kind of message and it's just absolutely wonderful to see like how many people real food has actually helped and touched their lives and I'm, you know, like, uh, this is why I love this podcast because we have these people coming in and they tell us exactly what happened to them. And uh, over the over time, we see the variety of people coming in saying you know different stories of their background, but healing through whole foods and real foods and getting rid of all, all the things like gluten and canola oil and seeing the improvements. So mm. uh, you know, I feel really great to to hear that because it, I think our listeners would really appreciate seeing the variety of stories but like how they can apply to their own lives and it's just absolutely wonderful especially that you, you have so many children now and you still manage to be able to, to do this and so can you tell us a little bit more about how you approach eating this healthy way uh, with such a large family and, and what kind of budget you have for it yeah so I guess in the early days when we were eating whole food um, everything was you know, and when I was um, freshly inspired with new information, um, I wanted everything to be perfectly organic and um, and ethically raised and, you know, everything had to be perfect. And we had lots of superfoods then. We included all that in our diet. Everything was perfect. And, you know, if they ate, if my kids ate something in a packet, I'd lose my mind over it, you know. Um, but I mellowed out a lot over the years. Um, with so many little people in our house, there's so many different food requirements. You know, we have um, three kids in our house who can't have dairy. The rest seem to be okay. We have one um, little person in our house who has an autoimmune condition and we need to be so careful with what she eats. So we have so many different requirements here. It's impossible to just um, have a one-size-fits-all thing in the house. Mm. Um, and also I found with a couple of the kids, you know, if, there was a little bit of resentment there too with a few of the things I was taking away. Um, so I've had to really pro- approach everybody individually in the house. Um, but we really, um, obviously the budget's gotten tight. The more kids there are, the budget's gotten really tight. You're not cooking seven meals a day, are you? Oh, absolutely. No, 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 no. Um, no, no. Uh, but I... I do have a lot of options around, particularly when it comes to snacks. I mean, because there's a few kids who um, can't have dairy for our main meals, we don't have dairy. But I've gotten really savvy with old recipes, old favourites, um, to make them adapt for everybody. But um, especially the teenager, I've got a teenager and a, a, a tween, I guess, and I've had to really let go a little bit of this idea of being perfect. Mm. So... They go into a mate's house and um, and they don't have an uh, analogy. Just letting go a little bit, having more conversations about why we eat the way we do and letting them have their own choice. And they might eat something that's a little bit we don't keep in our house, but it really opens up the ability to have a conversation about it. Um, but that perfect idea that everything organic and everything, yeah, you know, superfood and everything, I've really let go of that. Mm. Um, I've had to really prioritize different things meat for me is is a big one i like to eat ethically raised meat 
Um, and so I've over time I've allowed for that. I mean, it wasn't. Um, it's hard to get a little bit of money together to do a bulk meat order, but it was important to me. So I saved up over time mm. to do my first meat order, and then I just know that it's coming. You know, in a cycle yeah. every four weeks. That's exactly order what out. we did. Yeah, so um, it's important to me, so I make it happen. Um, but there's certainly weeks where I think money's a little bit tighter and I still believe, and we try to go to our farmers' markets and support our locals and get some bargains there too, but there's some weeks we can't. Um, if we can't get there or things are really, really tight, I still believe that eating a carrot of any kind is better than no carrot at all, mm. you know. So sometimes you have to go to Woolies. It happens. Yeah. Um, and it's taken us quite a few years to get into this space where, um, you know, where I have to let go of some things because sometimes the stress of eating is worse than what you're eating, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I used to beat myself up if I were doing my groceries at Woolies and I was getting the veggies from there, I'd go, oh, crap, I feel really bad. Please. Oh. I had to let this idea of perfectionism. I did. I sort of, for the first few years, if I wasn't doing everything, um, perfect. It really beat myself up about it. So, um, but meat is a big one for me. It's it's a big priority. So, um, yeah, I plan ahead yeah. and um, and get savvy with that. And also, not going for all the perfect cuts of meat. You know, we eat a lot of um, slow cooked meat so that mm. we can really make sort of everything. Yeah. Um, and broth. We have a lot of broth so that if we're eating vegetarian, you know, making our our meal portion, our meat portion, sorry, a little bit smaller, or having two or three meals a week that are vegetarian, mm. um, and just cooking up for it with broth and things like that, so that we can make it work um, because it's important to me. Good. Um, our budget every week is—it's um, really hard to put that in a weekly budget because of the way we shop. Because we um, mm. meat is the most expensive, and we do buy that monthly rather than weekly. Um, so, I don't know, I guess around $300, $350 a week is sort of fair for us, but we are a family of nine, and I don't know what that looks like in comparison to a family of four. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we do, we do think we keep our own chooks. We're huge chook lovers um, because we eat a lot of eggs and we do a lot of baking, obviously. So, um, things like that for us are... Um, a huge saving, and we we don't have a beautiful big fruit and veggie garden because I don't really have the time. But I try to do things like grow my own herbs, so um, little bits and pieces along the way. But it's not something we changed overnight. It's just right. I want to eat really well. It's a priority to me to eat well. So how am I going to make small steps over time to make that happen? So um, we're still growing. We're always ever growing. Um, the next step for us is to get our own sheep so we can, um, yeah, so that's our next goal so that that's one less expense for us. Jane, uh, so what's the, your personal food philosophy? You mentioned eating ethical meats, so uh, that's definitely something that we share. But do you, do you sit any in any kind of ideology? Do you eat paleo or whole foods or gluten-free in particular? What's, where would you classify I used to be very strictly paleo. The whole journey, this food journey for me, started by being very strictly paleo. Um, And I still appreciate and love everything about paleo because it gave me a set of rules. It gave me something to look to and a community to be a part of um, so that I could learn how food impacted my body. Um, 
and from there, as I said, I've started to relax over the last few years and I've started to just, because I'm learning the way food impacts my body and my mental health, I sort of now know um, what food makes me feel crappy and what food makes me feel good. So um, I don't, I guess whole foods and gluten-free is if I had to pop it in a, in a word, but really just um, listening to my body. Um, canola oil is a big one. I mentioned that before. Um, I've been having canola oil since I was born probably mm. and I hadn't realised until I took it away and then had put it back in my body again that I break out in this extremely painful rash and my mind goes foggy from canola oil. Mm. Um, and, yeah. You know, my body just found a way to cope with it, I guess, since since I was little. And it wasn't until I took it away and started listening to things when I started to put them back in. But, um, yeah, so my food philosophy really is staying away from what makes me feel crappy and including more of what makes me feel good. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that we uh, kind of lose as we are going up, of course, if we're eating industrialized food. We don't have the ability or the mechanism to listen to our body sort of tuned out. And then when we start eating well, uh, you can tune into your body and then you'll be able to hear it, um, which is one thing that Joe and I talk about a lot is mm. we say to people that they have to go on a, on a healing diet which will allow them to listen to their body and then after they've healed and they've got that mechanism in place and they can start opening up their diet to something a little bit more uh, permissive perhaps, you know, that's not, not as restrictive as it used to be and no one really wants to be dieting for the rest of their life. We want to sort of feel and come back to a place where we can eat real food. But um, one, Jen, back with the with this idea of eating on a budget. Um, one thing that a lot of people who are eating uh, like a, a standard Western diet, they'll have a lot of filler food. So I'm saying like rice or breads and pasta and things like that. When you moved away from that kind of uh, way of eating, and I'm assuming you still have fair food in your diet that will sort of, um, you know, make your kids full but won't cost too much money. Is there anything that you uh, have in your repertoire that you recommend? Um, you know, we do. We'd like to um, eat a lot of fat, and um, that's something um, that we have tried to switch over to to help our kids. We don't eat. In the holidays at the moment, my kids seem to be eating a lot. But generally speaking, we don't eat. In the old days, I used to find myself spending a lot of time eating. But now um, breakfast is our main meal of our day. Um, We like to fill up on lots of beautiful, good fats, proteins, and lots of veggies um, for breakfast. And um, Yeah. (laughs) That's completely opposite to what we used to do when I was a kid because breakfast was sort of wheat bits of toast. Mm. And then we'd have morning tea, then lunch, then afternoon tea, then a snack, and then we'd have this gigantic meal at night time, and then we'd go to bed and do nothing with that energy. But So a big part is um, shifting our bigger meals to earlier in the day. And in holidays and weekends, we don't necessarily have breakfast at 7 o'clock. We stretch it out a little bit and have it a little bit later. Um, so good fats and protein is how we do that. Um, not everybody loves avocado in my house, but that's definitely my favourite. <laughs> um, and uh, eggs, we love. Obviously, we have chooks, so we have so many eggs. It's not funny. <laughs> um, 
And lots and lots and lots of vegetables um, and different colours, what's in season um, to help us. I find the better quality of vegetable, um, the more vitamins and minerals it's got. And I like to think of these like imaginary vials inside my body that say, cool, we've got enough of what we need, don't need to eat, we're not hungry anymore. So when we're sort of in that pattern of eating like that, um, yeah, yeah we, we use that stuff as well. I do have a little bit of rice for myself personally, but I still like to – the avocado, those good fats is what really um, – what we try to rely on anyway. Hmm. Yeah, good. avocados were incredibly expensive here recently, like $6 for two or something like oh. that or $7. Yeah, wow. But avocados are expensive. I guess we um, we look for those little roadside stalls yeah. when they're in season and we try to go crazy with them. But um, And coconut water is another one, um, a lot of fat-based smoothies, um, which are awesome when you're busy. You know, we've got kids going to high school and primary school and work and my husband and myself have got to get ready for work. And um, so those smoothies are fat-based with coconut water and, and veggies inside there too. We're getting really savvy with smoothies. What's, what's um, one of your favourite mixes? I'm loving um, Natural New Age Mum. Mm-hmm. She has a um, a green tea and pineapple smoothie at the moment and I've mm-hmm. sort of changed it around a few years. We pop in spinach, we pop in coconut water. Uh, what else do we put in there? Mint, ice obviously, a bit of chia and sometimes we chuck in a few cashews and things like that as well. So. I'm um, I'm not very good at sticking to recipes, but the base <laughs> recipe, I think it's called the pineapple green tea smoothie, and yeah, I just add lots of extra things to it as well. So that's one of my favourites, and I know the kids love that. And what fats do you add to it? Um, we we like our. It's got the coconut water. It's got the chia seed and the. I love cashews. We chuck the cashews okay. through there. As you don't well. add coconut oil or anything. Uh, occasionally, I'll add a tablespoon or two. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. depends if the kids watch. Them. Yeah, <laughs> not real savvy on the. I'm having a tablespoon of coconut oil off the spoon yet, but yeah, if they're not around, I might slip on in. That's what I do with egg yolks. Is anyone looking? Yes. Right, chuck some yes. egg yolks in the smoothie. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. my kids are not listening to it's this. So nice. They add so much texture. So creamy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. As an athlete, my husband being an athlete, that was something he'd do before a fight. Actually, in preparation was eat a lot of um, egg yolks, but mm. he just mix them up plain. Gosh, I wish I knew. We were only at the beginning of my journey yeah. then, but how do you, if you were a fighter now, if you were still a, an athlete, I think I would do so much more. <laughs> <laughs> so much better for him, yeah. Oh, but so anyway, you can't. You did amazingly, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to – sorry, go think ahead. about – I'm doing the past, you know, Joda, I tell you once that I, I had a dream maybe like three years ago after I, <laughs> I, I was, uh, I dreamt that um, I ran into my uncle back in like the 70s somehow, like he was at university, and I walked up to him and I said, uh, tell my dad that he should put me on the paleo diet, <laughs> and when yeah. I come, it's like it had, <laughs> it had affected me so much, you know, and I was thinking like, 30 years of, of my life were spent in disease, which I could have avoided. You know? So I wish, I wish I knew about it back then. You know? But of course, I wouldn't have had the life I've had. So That's it. It's, uh, it's always... Yeah. Same thing. And, um, and I say, I never realized how sick I was growing up mm. until I could, you know. 
I didn't realise how bad I felt until yeah. I could. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense <laughs> to, to both of us. We've both been through the same thing. You don't realise that it's not normal until you feel better. You just think this is how I'm supposed to feel. You know, yeah. this is yeah. it's common, it's but it's not normal. It was normal, you know. I thought if, if I ate, I should feel sick and bloated. Like I thought that was normal. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And with my anxiety and stuff, they just say to me if I tried to talk to anyone about it, doc, you know, professionals, um, they would just say, "Oh, it's just part of the genes. It's just genetic. You just why? That's how you just accept it. Sort of. That's or, how you have to be." Or they say it's yeah. part of your hormones. You're growing up. You're going to go through anxiety, yeah. which it shouldn't be. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be. But I wish, um, I wish, and it's nobody's fault. That's just no. the way it was. But I wish somebody had had a conversation with me a lot earlier. Mm. But that's what we plan to do, though. We we want to have those conversations with young people. So you need to tell now. us about your project. Yes. Yeah, so my exciting new project. Woo-hoo. Um, my absolutely huge, little bit terrifying project <laughs> is launching a social enterprise here in Toowoomba in the way of a cafe. Um, the idea came from I was inspired by, like I said, I was studying um, to work with youth a long time before my food journey started. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been passionate about giving back to young people the same way it was given to me through mentorship, through Adults who um, had nothing to gain but they just wanted to see me reach my full potential. They knew I had potential and they just wanted to unlock it. Um, And that wasn't always – I wasn't very good in clinical settings, sitting in a psychologist chair and talking about my problems. I was always better um, when I was taken out to a farm and put to work and just having those Mm. real conversations with adults who got me. Yeah. and so I was inspired to buy a cafe in Melbourne called Street and they're doing awesome work with homeless youth um, via catering, coffee roastery and bakery and um, and I saw them doing this so totally not-for-profit, self-sustainable business where um, they're giving youth a second chance at life, youth who are in foster care, youth out of detention, youth who've got barriers um, which might be physical or, or mental health issues like mm-hmm. likings. Um, and I thought, you know what, well, we can do that here in Toowoomba. I can do that. That's something I want to do. It, it brings together everything I love. It gives me goosebumps, Jen. Oh, so exciting. It scares so much, like um, the way that youth um, – I've been doing programs with young girls in foster care and we've been introducing – Obviously, my husband's a boxing coach, so um, we know the importance of being active as well. Mm. Um, and we've been doing act- being active, cooking skills, talking about the concept of food impacts your mental health, um, doing things like goal setting, doing gratitude diaries, um, community, sisterhood. We've been putting these girls together so that they're empowered to carry on this journey themselves. Um, but it scares me. Uh, that they don't know this stuff already. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I want this cafe to be um, a place where they can come in. And obviously training and employment opportunities are huge, but you can't just throw kids who are at disadvantage into a job and say, there you go, life's good now. Mm. Um, so aside from giving them that opportunity, we want to do a, a eight- and 16-week program with them that is focused around being active, cooking, 
um, nutrition, goal setting, mindfulness, learning how to, what to do when your head is really noisy um, and anxiety might kick in, you know, how to, what sort of things you can do. So what can you eat, your movement, what can you think about? Um, and also making sure you've got a safe home environment. So linking with services to ensure that home is safe or if they don't have a home, um, finding them somewhere to stay as well. So it's a really a wraparound program in a cafe. Wow. Um, I've been doing a lot of work in Toowoomba in food and I really think um, the community will support it based on not only what we're trying to achieve but also the food that we'll serve, which will be local food cooked from scratch, um, a good menu that's free from as well um, so that there's food for everybody included getting the whole community involved when it comes to ingredients. We've got lots of um, meat producers and lots of farmers in our region who we can support as well. And hopefully link those kids, once they've gone through our program, which is either 8 or 16 weeks, um, link them into other employment opportunities. So maybe they're passionate about hospitality and we'll link them to another cafe or restaurant. Or maybe they're passionate about farming and we can link them up with a farmer or something like that as well. But um, it's going to be huge and it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited. I'm excited. I want to come see. So when do you open? <laughs> um, well, we're going to kickstart a major crowdfund campaign next month. Okay. Um, obviously, this is totally not-for-profit, so um, it's, these things always take a lot of money to set up. Yeah. Um going to apply for lots of grants and get it kick-started. But once it's started, it'll be really self-sustainable, mm. um, I hope. But, um, you know, we've got some, a really good team on the ground who are putting things together for us to make sure it has the best chance of working. Yeah. Um, when we go to crowdfund and raise the money, if we don't have enough for a cafe first up, we'll start with a food cart on the street. We'll do whatever we need to do to make this work. Um, but I really have so much faith that it's just going to blossom and grow into something really awesome for our community. And hopefully um, other people can take this on in their own communities as well and really spark change. Because I think if we talk to the young people, um, they're the ones who are going to change change the world, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. And you Absolutely. probably meet a lot of young people that would like to be involved and help, do you? Yeah, well, the young girls that we worked with um, for our programs last year in foster care, um, the most amazing thing, and it just gave me shivers again, is they all want to be a mentor for somebody oh, else. That's awesome. Which is just incredible, you know. Yeah. So um, the idea, we want to empower these kids to empower other kids and build a community mm. of kids who um, make things right. You know, we I don't know about... I can only speak about Toowoomba, but we have a large demographic demographic of kids who are um, facing disadvantage and homelessness and youth detention, and they all um, they gather together as a community. Um, and I get that because I used to do that myself. You know, I found comfort in kids who were going through the same thing. But and that's where the bad choices come from. Um, we get together and we get up to no good. So I really want to build a community of kids who are. Um, able as part of the cafe we want to have a bit of a drop-in centre as well for any kid that finishes our program we want them to stick around you know and be a part of the community in a safe supportive um, environment that's non-judgmental and 
um, really empowers them to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jen, are you uh, thinking about blogging about this experience or sharing it with people so that anyone who's trying to go this kind of journey themselves will sort of benefit from your experience? Well, I can, um, through what I've been doing with food, on my Facebook page and blog, I, I'm finding I'm running out of so much time um, to be able to blog on the site, you know, with all the kids and and what I'm doing in my own personal business and also launching this. But I just I find Facebook is a really easy way just to share things. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to share as much as I can um, on there because it takes a village really to get this started and to keep this going. But I definitely have plans I know I've already had people in other cities come to me and say, wow, I love what you're doing. I'd love to start something like that here. So I'd love to find a way, I don't know, to workshop with people or put a guide together or something to help people get this started because it's it's all brand new to me. It's mm-hmm. not like starting a brand new business. It's a bit different and it, it's, not, it's not something I can do myself. It's really a community. You have to have a really good team of people with so many different skills um yeah it takes a village to get something like this happening and um i am really excited but yeah i'm sharing as much as i can over um on my facebook on the gentle foodie author mentor changemaker page and were you thinking of doing a podcast about it or was that just something that i'm not Uh, supposed to mention uh, (laughs) that's fine that's fine um we're actually thinking about doing a podcast that's specifically for um, food on a budget and mm-hmm. sourcing local food. We I run little free challenges every now and then. That is just um, a basic: how do we source food in bulk and how do we meal plan? Mm-hmm. Um, meal planning is something that's really. Um, my mum was always a, a livid meal planner, yeah. and she still is. My kids at home anymore, but she's still. She'll have forty-two meals in her freezer. Wow. If apocalypse ever happens, I'm going to mum's house. Yeah. First. <laughs> I'm going to mum's house. Yeah, um, it's insane. But and I didn't realise it that because I just grew up and we were everything was so organised and planned out. I just thought that's something everybody else did. So um, didn't realise that that was a big boundary for people to eat real food was the meal planning and the meal prepping. Um, so we do we talk about that a lot in the living on little challenges. I haven't got any planned at the moment because emerge is really my total focus. But yeah. um, I do hope to get a podcast um, happening down the track with it with budget food. But um, who knows where this whole emerge thing might go? We might be able to. The internet is so amazing mm-hmm. now, <laughs> and the way you can connect with people. So um, who knows what we might be able to start once the cafe's going. Yeah, it'd be good if you could somehow document all the steps you're taking because you'll start to forget things later on because well, yeah. people will ask you. I, I promise you. It's like with my GAPS journey, I'm so glad that I, like, wrote down a lot of it and um, I had a friend come and stay early on when we were doing GAPS intro and she recorded every single thing we cooked and ate for, like, two weeks, like, took photos, wrote it down. And um, just having that kind of thing, when people ask you, you can go, oh, I can't really remember. But then you can read back and go, oh, yeah, here's our journal. This is what we did. So if you can journal it somehow, it would be so good. Yeah, yeah, for later on. And I think it will be a really um, 
in the same way that I've been looking to street in Melbourne, um, the CEO down there, Beck Scott, um, I've been looking to her for some inspiration to help me, you know, the back end stuff, all the really new scary things. Um, it would be really awesome to pay that forward in other yeah. franchise without the franchise, you know. Yeah, other that's right. We need to and it doesn't strictly have to be with a cafe either, you know. We've just yeah. had a big laundry service open. It can be anything, a social. I think oh, it's the way of service. That's good. Yeah, um, I think it's commercial laundry, but it's the same thing. It's helping adults with mental health issues and the whole business is self-sustainable and um, I think it kick-started in with a lot of corporate sponsorship and things mm. like that. There's so many avenues and there's so many once um, – you know, once we sort of opened the idea up and had the inclusion of all these other passionate people who want to see something like this happen, it, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah. I mean, we can it's into more cafes, more catering businesses, more, oh, it, mm. it's, when I let my head go, the vision is, <laughs> I just keep grounded a little bit. Actually, yeah, see, well, just get the first one done, get yeah. that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, um, Kathy Benson. Who yeah, yeah we love Kathy. She's so beautiful for keeping me grounded. She's, um, <laughs> she's a huge inspiration. But I'll go, Dip, you know, oh, we're going to do this and this, and she'll go, right, Jen, settle. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's an absolutely beautiful person, and um, yeah, she's helping you so, out with this, then. Yeah. Um, it's something that's really um, important for her as well with her, her beautiful daughter, Freya, mm. um, and she's talked about opening something similar. So it's, yeah, it's going to benefit so many kids mm. um, and, and really give them the opportunity to become the very best versions of themselves. So, um, yeah, and we're having a great big meeting in Toowoomba on the 5th of February, so I'm doing a meet and greet. Mm, so many people are interested and I've been answering so many emails and messages trying to keep people in the loop and I just said, let's have a big meeting and a cup of coffee. So I, I assume that after we have that meeting, so much more, um, so many more people will be on board. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got a link somewhere to um, the details about that meeting that we can share? So, um, there is an Emerge Facebook page. It's okay. the E-M- RGE Facebook page, but obviously if you go to my Facebook, um, I will be sharing links on there as well. So either the Emerge Facebook page in the events section or on my personal one, the Jen Shaw Foodie Awesome Mental Change Maker. We'll definitely page. share that. Yeah, we can put that in the notes as well. We've just I've got friends in Toowoomba I know would be interested too. Beautiful. Mm. Um, and it's going to take, you know, we've got lawyers on board, we've got accountants That's on board. Good. Um, and we've got so many youth workers on board, people who have worked with refugees before, so many different perspectives and skills and stories. That's what it takes to yeah. to bring it. You know, I, I can't do it all. Um, and it's not it's not my cafe. This is Toowoomba's cafe and mm. it's our responsibility. It's Toowoomba's responsibility to the youth here. So, um, yeah, there's going to be lots of Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful stuff, and, and mm. I think more people start working towards uh, feeding this kind of positivity into their community. We'll see really radical change across the entire landscape, and mm. um, it's very important that we no longer behave in ways that separate us from each other, and um, everyone's living in their own houses and dealing with their own problems. 
let's you know bring all these things into the community again and start helping each other out and um it's it's an amazing outreach that you're doing well done congratulations yeah. so it should be very good. and you guys have to come visit we will we will yeah. definitely <laughs> So I can cook an amazing menu and I'll, I'll be his offsider. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll um, come and do really, a lunch. Yeah. Um, we want to open that up too, is um, being able to workshop with people like yourself, with kids who've got, you know, we, I, we're going to identify a lot of kids with a passion for food mm. in the same way as one of those kids. And, yeah. and being able to give them opportunity to speak to people like yourself um, yeah. and learn more um, and find out how their own how their own story fits and relates to other people would be really important as well. Yeah, that's good. Well, we should um, just recap quickly and um, give everyone a few takeaways to think about and work on. Um, can you just really quickly give a couple of tips to our listeners for, um, you know, if they've got a family you know, they've got kids and they're sort of struggling to get started with healthy eating. What do you think, in your viewpoint, is most important to just start with? Um, just starting is probably one of the biggest tips. You know, don't – it can be really overwhelming um, and going in um, – I know a lot of people like to, but I don't like to. Going in, don't go in and throw everything out straight away and try mm. to tackle it all at once. Um, for me, it was really – starting with the breakfast. So yeah, breakfast. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that was the biggest one to get my head around. Oh, my God, I can eat something other than toast or cereal <laughs> um, and no one's going to smack my bum for it. So, uh, you know, and we did. In the early days, we started with bacon, eggs and veggies. I was eating bacon every single day. Now we yeah. don't. But <laughs> um, so breakfast, starting with breakfast, don't worry about the other meals just yet because it'll start to catch on in your own body and in your own house. Um, don't make a big deal about it. You know, I I found a bit of resentment with my kids early on because I was declaring things. Mm. We're going to throw out this. We're not going to have that. And they immediately found resentment. Yeah. Um, but when I just change things, I don't talk about it. I don't make a big fuss about it. I just create a beautiful meal and they sit down and eat it and we yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, and they really love that rather than mum lecturing again because yes. the first thing you do when mum starts lecturing is they switch off. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's probably my biggest tip, especially when it comes to the kids. Yeah. Uh, meal planning, plan like my mum, plan plan eight meals a week, um, eight main meals a week. So pretend that there's an eighth day in the week mm-hmm. and always have a spare meal there. That way if you get caught up and you don't get to the shops or you're having a broke week in a couple of weeks down, You've got those eight meals, um, which make up a week of meals when your things are not so good. So meal planning and prepping is my biggest tips, and that's how you'll make it work. Um, because if you're not organised, that's when we start going for a drive through the pizza shop or picking mm-hmm. up something we shouldn't. When we're hungry and we're unorganised, we'll eat anything, and then we'll feel bad about it later. In your cookbooks, do you have ideas for freezer meals? Yes, the the Living on Little book mm-hmm. has just about every meal in there is a freezer-friendly meal. Awesome. Um, there's things like meatloaf, shepherd's pie, sausage casserole, all perfect meals mm. that can be cooked and, and split up to whoever you need, however you need them, and put them in the freezer. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Do you have any more questions, Blan? 
No, I think it's been a, a lovely podcast and um, really inspirational. And I uh, really hope that apart from um, our listeners being, you know, excited to start on their health journey if they haven't already, uh, also to start thinking about the bigger picture for those of us who are a bit more established within this way of eating and have been eating healthy for a while and have that kind of thing down pat, uh, you... Um, You'll feel more fulfilled in your life if you start looking at reaching out to your own community and helping them out. Mm-hmm. I know that both Joe and I are in that phase of our life as well, and yes. um, having you know gone through that uh, health journey and coming out from the other uh, you know, end and um, feeling healthy and well, that uh, naturally you start gravitating towards wanting to share this kind of information with other people and just contributing your bit your own community so within your own circle mm-hmm. of influence try to find ways of sharing this information even if it's just sharing a podcast that you like or uh, talking to people about it without being too you know <laughs> aggressive which we, which i used to be, to be in the early <laughs> days but just um you know the for me um i'm continually reinforcing the idea of whole foods to people and just telling them that um, the simplest way to choose healthy food is to eat things in their whole form and uh, when you start eating that way and get rid of all the dead industrialized food then you start seeing benefits and it's not that difficult you know and I'm not giving people any kind of uh, homework to do it's just eating uh, real food so if you can uh, start sharing that message and in that simplicity then you'll, you'll start seeing change within your own community you start mm-hmm. seeing health of the people that you love and the community around you improve as well so uh, do your bit is uh, you know and and help help out make real change in uh, in our community at large yeah and I just want to mention um, for those listening who say well I, I can't start a cafe I can't you know do a big project with government grants well you don't have to it's like Fuad said it can be really simple I know in my own community, I've been asked to speak at the primary school about healthy eating to the kids. And, you know, you can offer to help them with a little cooking class or you can, um, you know, ask your local grocery store, can you get in these products, you know, some healthier products? And that's what we've done in our town. We live in a tiny little town and um, we have a pharmacy that has a health food section. And they came to me the other day and said, could you come and talk to us about what else we could put in our health food section that would help people with healing, um, with gut health and with things like that. So we've got a whole list of things that they're going to get in um, because they're finding people need this and they're asking for it. But, um, you know, they've got to have ideas of what to do. So just getting the word out there in all different little ways can really change the community. Yeah. Hmm. So I love it. We can do well, thank you so um, much, Jen. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. That's, I was going to thank Jen as well. So yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say thank you, Jen. You're awesome. We can't wait to come to visit your cafe <laughs> and help out any way we can. So please let us know yeah. if we can. We'll, we'll share your um, your story around and, you know, hopefully other people will really benefit from it and we'll be able to help as well. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. It's been a pleasure. So before we go, guys, I just want to uh, remind you about a few things. Firstly, those of you who have ordered our cookbook, Life Changing Food, uh, that's still on track for uh, March 2017, so not long now. We're mm-hmm. very excited that printing the covers already, which is really <laughs> cool. It's looking amazing. If you haven't seen the cover, 
Joe has uh, shared it on the quick cooking Facebook page. Yeah. Um, the uh, recipes are beautiful. Every time I look through it, I've looked through it so many times now. I kind of, um, every time I look at it, I'm just so proud and so happy with what we've accomplished. I think it's going to be an amazing cookbook that you guys will really, really love and benefit from. I think I cook um, through it every day still at the moment. I mean, at the moment, I'm just like, oh, I'll make something out of the cookbook. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have our printouts that we were proofreading. So it's like, I've got my cookbook. Oh, it's very exciting. Um, I've, uh, if you haven't ordered it already, um, we have a flat shipping offer at the moment for ten dollars. Uh, you can get it delivered uh, anywhere in Australia. The book's sixty dollars uh, retail price. Uh, you can get it off quickbooking.com.au/preorder. Uh, another thing is, if you're looking at moving um, towards a healthier you in 2017, um, Joe and I have the Quirky Cooking Gut Health Program on gaps.quirkycooking.com.au, which is, um, Joe uh, designed it to uh, be the complement to the GAPS diet, which uh, if you've uh, bought the GAPS, cook, well, GAPS book, you know that it's quite science heavy and doesn't talk much about how to eat this, uh, this way. And, Joe's done an amazing job with tutorials and videos and tips and hints and meal plans and all sorts of things that will help you move through the intro stages of uh, GAPS. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also, oh yeah, I've got a, a few Facebook uh, posts on my Facebook page, which is for Kasab Health. So go to facebook.com and search for Kasab Health. And there's a couple of um, videos I've put up there and there'll be more coming uh, mm. maybe even the time that this uh, podcast is out, uh, where I'm just sharing uh, brief 10-minute videos about um, eating uh, in a more healthy way and making it really, really simple. So I'd love for you to watch those videos and uh, to put any comments and questions that you have so I'd be able to help you and answer them. Joe, any other things that we've forgotten about? Um, I think people will probably be wondering about classes. We'll wait until the book comes out and then we'll be doing some life-changing food classes again around Australia. Um, at the moment, we're just gearing up for a big year, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's, uh, it's great. So um, we've, uh, we've got big plans for this year. We've got a, a few uh, projects underway as well, apart from the cookbook and the classes, mm-hmm. which we'll share to you, with you soon. Once they're uh, coming to fruition, um, there's another, uh, there's an ebook coming out and another program that we're putting together to help uh, you with your healthier lifestyle. So um, the ebook's coming out within the next couple of months and uh, the program a little bit later than that. So we'll mm-hmm. keep, keep tuned in and we'll let you know. Um, and uh, that's it from me, Joe. Anything awesome. you want well, to just, say? Um, I'll just remind everyone, don't forget to go over to Jen's Facebook page, Jen Shaw, S-H-A-W, and also Emerge, E-M-E-R-G-E. Is that the address? What's the, um, is that the full name for the Facebook page, the Emerge one? Yeah, it's just Emerge. Okay. Um, and we will put the links on the notes on the Wellness Couch um, website. Um, is there anything else you want to remind people about, Jen, or oh, your cookbooks? Yep, they can find them on your website, which yeah, is... Yes, so if you go to barefootkitchens.com.au. Barefootkitchens.com.au. Um, there's a um, blemished version of the Living on Little Book. Oh, yes. Um, Mention the moment. And it's quite, um, I've donated all... I got a big order of books that were blemished a couple of months ago, and I went, oh, my God, what am I going to do with them? And they're not 
they're only annoying to me because I created the book. Um, <laughs> the content list is really hard to read and there's a blue wash on an information page. And um, So I've donated them to Emerge. And so every dollar, um, they're only eleven ninety five, and the book's twenty four ninety five. So it's a huge bargain. Um, and after postage, every cent goes straight back to Emerge to help us with all the setup costs. We're doing, we're paying all sorts of money to be registered as a genuine, authentic charity. So um, it's a good way for you to get a cheap book full of awesome recipes, but yeah. also to do something good. Um, yeah, so that's also on barefootkitchens.com.au. If you follow the links, click cookbooks and you'll find it from there. Awesome. We'll share that as well. That's a good way to raise money. Yeah. A good, a good cause and a good cookbook. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, guys. And thank um, you. I'm sure we'll see you in Toowoomba sometime this year. Yay, I can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.